0: Wolfstep from Five. News. That the music died that February day in nineteen fifty nine. Unfortunately, we now know the day that the sports world came to a grinding halt. That would be Thursday, March twelfth, twenty twenty. Heck, as I record Scoop Podcast Episode two hundred and eighty eight on this Friday afternoon, early evening, March thirteenth, Friday the thirteenth. Heck, when I woke up this morning. I thought we'd at least maybe get some live sports with the girls' state basketball tournament. Then by 11.15 this morning, we found out the news that the State High School League has called off semifinal Friday for the girls in Class 1A and in 2A, then championship Saturday tomorrow, then they have called off next week's boys' state basketball tournament as we're all trying to wrap our arms around not only what's taking place here in Minnesota, but domestically there are so many questions that we just don't have the answers to. I know enough to defer to others. If others feel like that these games should not be played, I will defer to those experts. In many ways, as long as I'm healthy, the show will go on here. It is the Scoop Podcast. I did catch up earlier today with Jalen Suggs of Minnehaha Academy. He was going for a four-peat. He had won three consecutive state basketball championships with the Red Hawks in Class 2A. They had moved up to Class 3A this year. They won a section championship last night over a really good Totino Grace team. Jalen doesn't get, unfortunately, to play in the state tournament next week. He also won't play in the McDonald's All-American game or the Jordan brand classic. Here's my conversation from earlier today with Jalen Suggs. Jalen, just take us through your emotions. I mean, you had a chance to win four straight state championships. You guys move up to 3A, so this would have been the first opportunity to win a 3A championship. Just take us through your emotions as you now know that your high school career is done.
1: Um, I'd say at first a lot of it just confusion. Um, You know, last night it wasn't for certain, you know, whether or not we'd be playing. Um, But, you know, as everything started getting canceled throughout the day, Um, you know, I couldn't help but, you know, think, you know, where next, Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to think that the NCAA tournament would be canceled, the NBA would be postponed, and things and everywhere else would be canceled, and we'd be the only one still playing, so um, I think it was hard to get going last night at first, um, you know, with all that running through my mind, but uh, as I got on the court and started playing, um, you know, just tried to enjoy my last time out there, just tried to have fun, be myself, and uh, I mean, leave it on the right note, uh, you know, going back with no regrets, uh, knowing that I ended it laughing and smiling and enjoying it with my teammates. Um, so right now, I mean, I think along with the rest of uh, the basketball community, um, just saddened, uh, heartbroken, uh, not only for myself, but again, for a lot of the other teams who uh, this may be their first time making it to state um, and who had hopes of championship run as well as we did. So uh, yeah, just real sad.
0: I mean, is it hard at your age to grasp everything that's going on and why the state high school league did what it did
1: uh yeah, it is um, and I know i talked to talked to a couple of my guys uh on my team and on some other teams, and you know they're kind of really wishing that we had played. And I mean, I'm there with them, you know, j- I wanted just as much, you know, to go play in the target center next week and uh, enjoy those last three games. But um, I think right now, uh, no matter how, no matter how bad we want to play, you know, I want to have sports, uh, I think the health of uh, our families, our friends and the rest of the world uh, has come as a top priority right now so that we can get back to, you know, just going about our regular lives as soon as possible. So, um as much as it sucks uh, you know we just got to stick together right now uh get through this time
0: and uh, i think we'll be back to the more in no time yes sucks but you're right i mean at some point right it's when not if sports will come back so this is short term yes does it suck that you don't get to play in the mcdonald's all-american game the jordan brand classic at target center next week undoubtedly right but there has to be this sense of you know you're going to play basketball again it's just a matter of when
1: oh of course um and i mean that that was extremely devastating Uh, Because I had to work for those things, you know, since I've been in grade school, you know, since since I've known that they were a thing, you know, I've worked and dreamed of going to those events Um, and then to hear that one by one, you know, they're getting canceled and closed down. I mean, um, it it was hard to cope with, Um, but I mean now. You know, the mentality that I've kinda uh, that I've kinda taken on is I got unfinished business. Um, you know, I've unfinished championship business. You know, I wanted to close it out this year, end it the right way. And I wasn't able to do that due to some, you know, unfortunate circumstances. Uh, so next year, uh, you know, I'm gonna grind harder. You know, this is my motivation and uh, you know, looking into going to Spokane Gonzaga, uh, or Spokane Washington, my bad, home and go get a championship with them.
0: Yeah, I mean, heck, I mean, think about that point of view, right? That Gonzaga was presumably going to be the one seed in the West, right? That Mark Few had a chance to win a national championship this year.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, again, there there there's a lot of questions going into this year for them and for them to come out and play the way they did um, and to be as good as they were. Uh, I know not a lot of people expected that. Um, So, I mean, again, it sucks for them. I talked to the coaching staff today, and, uh, I mean, they had to go break it to all the guys. So, I think, again, me along with the rest of the basketball community, um, just heartbroken right now. It sucks, but it's something that we're going to get through, and uh, we all got unfinished business to handle next year.
0: Is there a sense of comfort that you went out the right way? You did go out with a win last night. You beat a really good Totino-Grace team. Like, Totino easily, in a different section, goes to the state tournament. They play a four a schedule. They were one of the best teams in three a You guys beat them convincingly. yes, it's not the win you wanted next Saturday at Target Center, but at least you ended your high school career with a really nice win
1: of course, of course, and like I said, it took me a couple of minutes to get going, but you know once I got in the man once I got in the mode uh to just have fun and enjoy myself out there and you know go out with no regrets because I think if I were to play the the whole game the way I played the first two three minutes uh you know, I would have been kicking myself, uh, you know, when I got home. Uh, but, I mean, from from the first two, three minutes on to the end of the game, uh, you know, I played the entire game with a smile on my face, you know, laughing and joking with my teammates, uh, you know, talking to our fans in the crowd, and um, it, was, it was a good one. Uh, to go out on that, you know, we had a lot of highlights. We had a lot of fun. Um, and then to end it, you know, with a dunk, you know, as the final seconds ticked off, literally, um, I – it was a great way to go out. Again, not the not the way we wanted, but you know things don't always happen the way you wanted to. Uh, you know it's God's plan. Uh, he He knows what's right, and uh, you know He holds my story. So um, that wasn't the way I wanted it, but I know it's what will be best for me in the long run.
0: Is there also comfort in knowing that that you've hoisted that state championship trophy multiple times, multiple sports? You know, like I think about the kids at Eden Prairie, right? You guys played a heck of a game against them. You know how good they are. Undefeated right all those kids those seniors with the thousand points all those good players that wanted that state championship so badly Is there at least some comfort knowing that? You know what that feelings like of of winning multiple state championships,
1: of course, of course And I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, you know again like you said not many people get to uh, Not only win a state championship, but even get to a state, uh, state tournament It's very, it's very hard um, And it's not normal so uh, for us to be able to do it four years in a row now win three and you know have one cut short um you know of the four p uh it's hard but again it's it's even that much more hard to the Eden Prairie team you know they they had a heck of a season um great team you know they've all played together their entire lives so again my heart goes out to them uh great competitors um you know we really put on for Minnesota this year you know two Minnesota teams ranked in the top 15 um that doesn't happen often um so again like I said, me along with the rest of the basketball community is confused, heartbroken, um, and, but we're gonna get through this.
0: It seems like everything is fluid at the moment, but like, what's the foreseeable future look like for you? I mean, you know, you're not going on a plane to go to the McDonald's game or the Jordan Classic. Just you know, get in the gym here and grind.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a lot, a lot of plans have changed. Uh, I'm gonna take some time to rest now. Uh, actually gonna go on a little vacation uh to Hawaii soon, so that that'll be good for my mind just to relax and let everything go and just relax uh you know get get let go of some stress um it's It's been a long fall and and winter uh you know didn't go out the right way I wanted to in fall you know now this basketball season didn't get to go out the right way I wanted to here um so just to let let loose a little bit have some fun with my people and uh once I get back um straight back into grind mode. Like I said, getting ready, getting ready to get down to Gonzaga um, to finish the rest of my business.
0: So that is official too. I mean, there's been some talk of maybe going overseas to play professionally, but at this point you will be in Spokane, Washington.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In my mind right now, um, I don't don't really see myself going elsewhere. Um, I mean, unless something really new just pops up, um, I see myself in Spokane, Washington in about two months.
0: I'll let you go after this. Have you had correspondence with, like, I think about you, Cade, and Terry, like, coming up together, all the sports memories you guys have had. Like, what was that moment like in the locker room last night when you guys knew this was a possibility? Like, late last night, you knew about the NCAA tournament and everybody else postponing or, or canceling events that you knew that next week may not take place.
1: Um. It was hard, uh, you know. As I, I, the game winded down, and I think, I think we all came out with about a minute left, and we sat all on the bench next to each other, and you know, I just put my arm around both of them, and they just in, enjoyed the last moments together. You know, we, we we got to sit, we got to sit and watch the last final moments, you know, of our basketball career take down, and uh, we knew that we were going out on top as champions, uh, not not state champions, but section champions. Um, And I think that that's a good moment. You know, it's not a great place to end. Um, but it's not a bad place to end because now we all know we have unfinished business. You know they're going to go handle theirs uh, on the football field. Uh, I know they've both been working extremely hard in the weight room and working out to get prepared for that, uh, so that I can come in as freshmen and make a huge impact on each of their respective teams. Um, and me going out to Washington, and I mean we, we we've had talks, you know, about how it's going to suck and you know how much we're going to miss each other. Um, but we're also supportive of each other. We're, we're each other's uh, we're each other's biggest fans and. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to have to get DirecTV one of the sports packages because I won't be missing a big tank football game.
0: That the voice of a real class act, a likely Mr. Basketball winner here in Minnesota from Minnehaha Academy, senior Jalen Suggs. His legendary, his remarkable high school basketball career is over. Let's now transition to a conversation I had on Monday Yeah, at this point, it might be a bit dated just with the NBA season up in the air. We think the NBA will resume eventually, but for the time being, it is suspended slash postponed. But I recorded an interview on Monday with former Wolves big man. I still think it's applicable. I'm going to play it. It's with Gorgie Jang, former Wolves big man, longtime Wolves big man. The Wolves acquired him in a draft night trade from the Utah Jazz. That was Flip Saunders' first draft class when he came back. To run the Wolves, Gorgie spent so much time here, signed a lengthy contract extension here. He was traded a few weeks ago. That was the deal that landed the Wolves eventually, James Johnson. Gorgie will be back in town. This event is still on as of now. It's all fluid. Heck, we don't know anything at this point when it comes to just about any event. But they could cap the number of people. You know, the governor came out earlier today implementing or at least suggesting that nobody holds an event with more than 250 people but Gorgie is coming back to town as of now in early April for his fourth annual gala raising money for the Gorgie Jang Foundation so we got into that a little bit plus his time here with the Wolves and his time now in Memphis here's my conversation with Gorgie Jang I guess how is life so far with the Memphis Grizzlies?
2: Uh, thank you for having me. I mean, uh, it's been great. You know, uh, I get here, they embrace me, they they like me, so it's been great so far.
0: How surprising was the trade? I mean, everything that happened on trade deadline day, I mean, heck, your former team, you know, changed just about everybody outside of Cat and Josh Okogie, but how surprised were you to ultimately end up in Memphis?
2: I mean, I was. I am going to be honest with you, I was. Because I didn't think that I was going to get moved. But that's part of it, you know. We get signed, we get traded, we get cut. It's part of the game. And we understand that. Uh, so uh, it was it was surprising. But after, you know, I got to move on and no, no how feelings or anything.
0: I mean, was there almost a sense of relief? I mean, you know this well, Gorgie, that... That seemingly the Wolves had tried to trade you for a while. So even though it might have been a surprise, it seemed like they were trying to trade you for a bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, this all talk. You know what I'm saying? Everybody talks like we try and do this, we try and do that, but it never happened, you know, until you see it. So I never put in my mind that I was going to trade it. But when it happened, I'm not upset or anything. You know, it's part of the game.
0: What's it like so far with the Grizzlies? I mean, it seems like. You know, you guys have a nice little cushion there. It looks like you'll get to enjoy playoff basketball.
2: I mean, that's what they're playing for right now. You know, uh, we're playing good as a team, and uh, we have uh, one goal, just win the next game. So we are really excited, excited young team, and we're trying to get better every
0: day. Speaking of exciting, what's it like playing with Ja Morant?
2: I mean, he's amazing. You know, uh, Ja is going to be a big-time player in this league. He's going to play for so long, and, uh, you know, he's very unselfish. I've never seen that. Like, sometimes you got, like, your best player might be selfish or anything, but Ja, he's, he's, you know, he's a different breed. He's uh, very unselfish. He likes to win, and that's the only thing he cares about.
0: I mean, he's going to win Rookie of the Year. Zion just doesn't have enough games under his belt. I mean, are you curious to see, like, where Ja Takes off like in the next few years. Like he's really good right now, Gorgie. Imagine how good John Morant might be like in two to three years.
2: Oh, he's he going to be better and better. You know, like I said, he's going to be a star in this league. I mean, his work ethic and his ability to play that just going to help him. And he understands like what it takes to win. Least, I'm very surprised he's a rookie, but he understands what it takes to win. Like he's a winner and uh, he's all about the team.
0: How nice is it, Gorgy, to be reunited with Tyus Jones?
2: Oh, it's been great. Tyus, you know, he's a, he's a brother. You know, I know his family, everything. You know, he I was very blessed to to you know reunite with him. He helped me. He made this match a lot easy for me. You know, helping me with the offense and everything. You know, that was very
0: helpful. We're talking with Gorgy Jang. I mean, Gorgy. Like, how do you summarize your time here? You were here for so long. Like, I think about the draft night trade back in 2013. You were drafted by the Utah Jazz. But later that night, Flip Saunders and the Wolves make the trade for you. You were here for so long. I mean, so many memories here, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm blessed, like I said. you know, As long as you're in the NBA, you, you're good. And uh, Minnesota is back home for me. I've been there for seven years. All my kids were born there. You know, I did a lot in Minnesota, and I still have, a you know, it's home for me. I know I met a lot of people. I started doing a lot of great things when I was in Minnesota, you know. So it's it's not something I will throw away or I can flush out of my mind. Minnesota is, like, home to me.
0: Are you disappointed that you weren't able to win more here? Very, you know. I, you know, I don't care
2: about start or anything. I'm more into winning. But, uh... I don't know what's the situation. We never got the chance to win. And, you know, I cannot be here pointing fingers at anyone, you know. But it is what it is. You know, I think I was there. I always be a pro. I always come up on time, you know, do my duties, practice, work, play hard, whatever I got a chance to. So I got no regrets.
0: Yeah, I mean, you were the ultimate pro. And, I mean, think about it, Gorgie. Like, you play for Flip. Sadly, Flip passes away. You play for Sam Mitchell. I thought you had a good year that year that Sam coached you. You guys end up winning a bunch more games that year under Sam, but then Sam is let go. He had the interim title. He wasn't retained, so he's let go. Tibbs comes in. Eventually Tibbs is fired. Ryan is your coach. Like so much change here.
2: Yeah, but uh it is it is what it is, you know. I cannot there's there's stuff that I cannot control. Uh, it's not my decision who's going to coach me or not, but I can control my energy and the way I play. So that was my main focus. You know, just trying I get better every day. It doesn't matter who's standing on the sideline. Just do your job when I get out there.
0: What was it like playing with Carl Anthony Towns? How bright do you think his future is? I
2: mean, Kat is a great player. You know, obviously everybody knows that.
0: I mean, can he eventually lead the Wolves, you think, to to bigger and better and maybe some playoff success, you think?
2: I mean, I don't know. I just uh, wish them good luck with everything they do there. But I don't really know, you know.
0: I mean, it's hard, right? I mean, it's a lot to be the main guy on a team to have all that weight on your shoulders, right? Like, I mean, you had it in some ways in Louisville, right? I mean, you guys won that national championship in 2013, so you know what it's like. To have the weight of the world on your shoulders, but like in Kat's case, it can't be easy.
2: It's hard, but when you're in, in some situation, like when you're the start of the team, you gotta wait on your teammates. You gotta let them help you. Because if something good happens, it doesn't matter who did the job, you get all the glory. So you gotta trust your teammates and let them help you, but you can't just be like, okay, I'm the guy, I gotta do this or that. It's a team basketball, and everybody has a role to do.
0: When I bring up that 2013 Louisville team, I mean, I guess, you know, with the brackets coming out on Sunday, heck, your alma mater, Louisville, could go on a nice little run here the next few weeks. But when I bring up that national championship in 2013, I guess, what what comes to your mind?
2: I mean, we play hard. You know, that's us. We watch family, and we play hard. You can tell people teams that are together. If you, if you play hard on the court, like the image, you guys close. And we were very close. We were like family, and we played hard as hell.
0: And nobody will take away the memories, right? Even with the NCAA technically, what, vacating the championship, we all vividly remember you guys winning that national title. It's not like those memories can be erased.
2: It don't matter. Like you cannot take away the four a.m. practice we have. You can take away like the hard work we did to get where we are. You know, you can take away that. So whatever they do, is up to them. I I don't really care if we they vacate it, they give it back to us. I, I don't. It do not really matter to me. You know, I think we play hard and we won.
0: April eighth, Muse Event Center in the North Loop. I mean, you've been doing this now multiple years, Gorgie. This is the fourth annual Gorgie Jang Foundation Gala. Like, just how important is it to you, Gorgie, to raise the money that you raise to do all that you do for your home country, for your foundation?
2: I mean, it's very important to me. I mean, I always say this, like, a successful people is, is not a... Uh, Person that just made a lot of money and have a great life. If you can impact other people's life, to me, you know, successful. And we do, we are doing this to help people and make their life that easier and better.
0: And I mean, really, that that in many ways will be your legacy, Gorgi. As much as you've accomplished on the court, does it mean more to you that hopefully in five, ten, fifteen years that maybe people will remember you more for everything you did for your home country as opposed to what you accomplished on the court?
2: I hope it's going to go like that. That's my goal. Like, you ask a lot of people who won the championship in 2009, and 10 players on the team, they probably wouldn't tell you. But all the humanitarian stuff we do right now, I think that can carry us and, and show what type of person uh, I am.
0: How hard was it, Gorgie, to organize this event when when your schedule changed trying to figure out what day works for you to fly from Memphis back here to Minneapolis?
2: It is hard, but... Whatever you believe, when you have your beliefs in some, into something, you always got go to go into the end. You know, I got traded, but like I can say Minnesota is home for me. Uh, I know a lot of people. I know great people there. I have my team there. So it's not going to – the fact I'm playing for a different team or I'm away, it's not going to keep me from doing what I like to do.
0: I mean, is the idea to keep this thing going for the next handful of years here in the Twin Cities, that you will always have a footprint here in Minneapolis and St. Paul, even though you don't play for Minnesota anymore?
2: I would love to, honestly, because I know a lot of people are there, and they've been very great to me. And they believe in my project and what I'm doing in Africa. So I think as long as I can do it, I will launch it there and and, and, and keep doing it.
0: Tell people, Gorgie, so if they go to gorgijang.com, if – if they buy tickets for, for your gala on April eighth, like great opportunity to interact with you, some other NBA players.
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. I think uh we have some special guests coming. I have my, my teammates my uh my former teammates want to come and we're gonna have a lot of people coming there, so when they come they're gonna see what we're doing and what we have done in the past in Africa. And uh, you know, whether once we get involved you got a
0: chance, Gorgie, all the best. We're going to talk to to one of the guys that you work directly with for some more information, but all the best when you get back here. April 8th, Muse Event Center in the North Loop in Minneapolis, not far from Target Center, 530 to 9. Again, the night of April 8th, 530 to 9, for tickets for the fourth annual Gorgie Jang Foundation Gala. Go to GorgieJang.com. Com. Gorgie, all the best. Thank you. For a little bit more on what will be a fun night on April 8th, let's bring into the conversation Quentin Marty. He is the president of Matter. He works closely with Gorgie, with the Gorgie Jang Foundation. Quentin, thanks for doing this. How about just expound on some of the things that, that Gorgie laid out. Like, what can people expect? I mean, he said he's expecting some of his former teammates. I mean, certainly some NBA luminaries will be there on April 8th. So if people want to go to Gorgie's website, GorgieJang.com, just tell us about what people will experience if they head to Muse Event Center on the night of April 8th.
3: Yeah, well, thanks, Dan, for having me on and for uh, uh, getting the word out about Gorgie's event. This is uh, an annual event that's developed, and it's become quite successful. And really the ultimate goal is that we can raise funds and awareness for the work that Gorgie is doing back in his home country in Senegal. And uh, I just got back from there two days ago. Mm. Uh, and I was preparing for the work that we're going to be doing there this uh summer in 2020. And uh man, I tell you, the impact that's been made over the years has been just uh remarkable. And so I had a chance to meet with a lot of the uh, folks who have been impacted, as well as the team that Gorgie's assembled on the ground that's doing the work. And so April 8th is really kind of a culmination of all of this. It's uh celebrating, but it's also looking forward to what's to come. So, uh throughout the whole night we'll be uh interviewing Gorgie. We'll be uh having Barney Gelmis gonna act as the MC. Mm-hmm. We have some other surprise uh guests that are gonna come in and, and kinda share uh not only about their support for Gorgy, but talk a little bit about uh the fact that Gorgy this year won the Community Assist Award and uh kind of what that means to the whole project as well. So it's gonna be an action packed night.
0: Tell us a little bit more about the work being done on the ground. There in Senegal, I mean, heck, Quint, I just had Cole Aldrich in studio earlier this week. You know, I mean, he played with Gorgie with the Wolves. Cole and Gorgie are close. I mean, Cole just told me, he's like, Darren, you wouldn't realize all the work that Gorgie does for his home country. Ryan Saunders has told me stories. Like, I've heard the stories, but you can you can share firsthand knowledge of just all the work, all the money, all the time, the commitment that Gorgie has made to help out his home country as much as he has.
3: Yeah, well, Darren, I would say the number one way to, uh, to see that is to go yourself. And there is an opportunity. We're going this summer. Uh, Gorgie has invited another former teammate, Derek Rose, to join him, uh, on May 26th. We're taking a group over to see the work firsthand. So that's my little, uh, shameless plug for, uh, that's the best way to learn, uh, what's going on is to go see it. But if you're not able to do that, um, we've been going over every summer. It really started with the Roger and Nancy McCabe Foundation based here in the Twin Cities and longtime season ticket holders, big fans of what Gorgie is doing. We took a small group over the first year and started to you know, kind of work alongside Gordon. He had really kind of four pillars that he wanted to work on. And one was uh, sports for kids, so of course basketball camps and clinics, and mm-hmm. now it's evolved into a tournament that he does across the whole country. Then he started a demonstration farm. So, uh, Gorgie is really into farming and, uh, he took that kind of passion for farming and, and bought a piece of land that he then donated to the foundation to be used to uh, teach best practice. And so this will be the third year now that we're doing a farm conference on the property. Uh, and then he's, uh, helping of course with hospitals. That's been something that a lot of people have come alongside him. Uh, to, to help push forward uh, really renovating and updating and upgrading hospitals uh, throughout the country. Uh, and then uh, lastly, we work in town here with Feed My Starving Children, and we ship a lot of uh, rice meals over to uh, areas, oftentimes in the hospitals, but sometimes in orphanages and schools where kids are dealing with malnutrition. And so we send over these rice meals that are packed right here in the community in Minneapolis, those go to Senegal. We send about uh, over a million meals a year wow. uh, to Senegal. So that's kind of the four areas that Gorgie's worked in, and we've uh, just been growing it uh, from year one.
0: I mean, is it safe to say, Quentin, and we're talking with Quentin Marty, president of Matter, works closely with Gorgie Jang and the Gorgie Jang Foundation. I mean, is it safe to say that he literally, and because of you know the, the money he's donated and the time he's donated— And the people he has in place, that that he literally is responsible for saving lives. Like, I think about just, you know, the renovations done to, you know, the hospitals. You know, and the food being sent over. Like, it seems like like people can say Gorgie Jang, and maybe not, you know, literally and directly, but indirectly, he has helped save people's lives.
3: Well, Darren, I can say just as an eyewitness, I mean, it is no exaggeration at all to say that. And uh, just this last visit... I was uh, viewing the hospital that we're going to be uh, working in uh, this summer, and so I had the chance to walk through the neonatal unit. And uh, there's uh, what we were told is uh, from the doctors there is that oftentimes what happens from the maternity ward where the mothers are giving birth to the time they get these children uh, that are either dealing with malnourishment or some other issue, by the time they get to the neonatal unit, often they, the kids don't make it and they pass. And, uh, you know, even if they do make it, sometimes they don't have the proper equipment to help them, and so the kids will pass. I mean, so these are real issues that, you know, they're seeing on a regular basis. Well, when Gordon comes along and puts in incubators for these young kids so that they can have the proper care and equipment so that the doctors can have the tools that they need, in those cases, it literally does save lives. So mm. uh, it is absolutely no exaggeration to say that.
0: I mean, you've worked with a lot of individuals over the years. I mean, do they make them any better than Gorgie?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the first time I met Gorgie, uh, he he wanted to do something back home. He came here from Louisville and said, man, I've been talking about it. I've been wanting to do it. We just haven't got it done. So we had breakfast, and he said, you know, Q, I want to send some medical equipment back home. Two weeks later, Roger and Nancy McCabe came alongside of us. We had a container of hospital equipment on the water. And uh just from that point, you know, we just, I think, just created this bond with the McCaves and Gordon matter to say, well, you know what, Gorgian's heart to help is uh, pure and sincere, and we all wanted to just kind of feel that. And uh, so, yeah, Darren, I mean, to your point, he's just, uh, he's the best. And I think when it comes to athletes that that sincerely want to help, uh, Gorgie's at the top of my list.
0: The fourth annual Gorgie Jang Foundation Gala, April 8th, Muse Event Center in the North Loop, not far from Target Center, 530 until nine o'clock for tickets. GorgieJang.com. Quentin Marty, President of Matter. He works closely with Gorgie Jang, with the Gorgie Jang Foundation. Quentin, thank you so much.
3: Thank you so much, Darren, for having us on. Gorgie
0: Jang is a real mensch. Thank you to Quentin Marty for providing a little bit more background and context to everything that Gorgie has done. For his home country of Senegal when we come back we'll talk with Blake Cashman and Kerwin Walton stay with us it's the scoop podcast on score north on <laughs> welcome back everyone it is scoop podcast episode 288 on this Friday the 13th of March this is the second and final segment as we attempt to have some normalcy In our lives, I'll continue to do what I do to some extent. I'm not going to have a ton of notes. Like I had some draft visitors lined up, right? For the Vikings, April 7th and 8th, guys like Tyler Johnson and Antoine Winfield Jr. and this offensive lineman from Louisiana. Well, those are now canceled. So, so much in the sports world is changing minute by minute. I can tell you if you listen to this podcast, You know from last week that Richard Pitino was always expected back. He met with Mark Coyle today. That is now official. Richard Pitino back for an eighth year next year as Gophers coach. The Vikings made some news official today that we've talked about. Xavier Rhodes let go. Linval Joseph let go. The doors are open for both to return, depending on what the marketplace looks like for those guys. As of now, NFL free agency will take place next week. Although I wonder, after the CBA vote is done with late tomorrow night, if... At some point Sunday or early Monday, we have news that the NFL is pushing back the start of the league year. But as of now, NFL free agency will take place next week. The Vikings tried to renegotiate deals with those two guys. There was some interest. I mean, they were trying to get both guys back at a really low number. Both guys chose, hey, let's see what's out there on the open market. But depending on what the open market shows to those guys, the Vikings do have some interest in retaining those guys. David Morgan let go. I'm told his knee is not 100%. So even though the base salary is pretty low, the contract could have told the Vikings are making the move on David Morgan. He will be let go. Contract extension talks ongoing on the Kirk Cousins front. Yes, the Vikings continue to have interest in extending Kirk Cousins. Talks were had in person in Indianapolis between Kirk's agent and the Vikings. There have been conversations since Indianapolis. I can't tell you how close or how far away those talks are, but talks are ongoing on the Vikings extending Kirk Cousins. All right, let's continue with some interviews here. How about my conversation from the other day with Blake Cashman, former Gopher, now New York Jets linebacker. I caught up with Blake on campus. It really wasn't that long ago. It was a few days ago. But, heck, so much has happened in this world in the last few days. Like Monday and Tuesday seem like, forever ago it was monday actually it was monday afternoon i caught up with jets linebacker the pride of eden prairie blake cashman here's my conversation with blake cashman Blake, let's just start there so like think about this time last year like you're grinding for pro day you're trying to you know maximize whether it's your 40 time or whatever it might be you don't know where you're going to end up like so much uncertainty then you fast forward a year is it just crazy to think about how much has changed over the course of a year
4: yeah absolutely i mean When I think about a year ago, it was so overwhelming and stressful. And obviously, of course, it was very exciting as well. But um, there's just so much preparation and training and just hours going into your craft to get ready for a draft that you have no idea what's going to be next for you. So um, it's a little unsettling but very exciting. But now, you know, you get to... Uh, enjoy, you know, some downtime, get to, um, you know, get healthy, and then, of course, um, there's still, uh, you know, those
0: moments where you got to come back to work and start training, getting ready for OTAs. When you mentioned, you know, this time last year, it was overwhelming. It was was stressful. Is there still some of that, though? Absolutely. For me, that's just how I'm wired. Um, You know, I'm never
4: somebody that gets complacent. Uh, So, you know, coming off an injury, uh, I've been pushing myself since you know, the first week when the season ended and uh, just working, doing everything I can to get back healthy and stronger. And, uh, you know, I want to be able to make that big leap going from year one to year two, because uh, I understand that as a rookie in the NFL, you know, GMs, coaches, they want to see a big jump because you've been a year into the system. You've been a year into league and you're expected to know a lot more. You've been learning and uh, you're expected to be a better player.
0: I mean, was some of that even changing after you made multiple starts? I mean, you were getting 65, 68, 70 snaps a game then the unfortunate injury, but was it starting to slow down after you made multiple starts? Absolutely. I felt like every week I was growing um,
4: mentally and physically as a player. Uh, and it was actually, you know, it's a pretty fascinating thing when you uh, go back, watch the film, and you just reflect on, you know, the week before, um, you know, two weeks before that, uh, wow, Like I've come a long way from even the start of the season and it's really cool, it's, it's definitely motivating and it um, keeps, you, keeps you going but uh, I definitely like where I left off um, besides the injury part but in terms of how I was playing uh, so I cannot wait to get back on the field and uh, you know, start it all up again.
0: What was that feeling like when you made that first start and then you eventually get your first half sack you have a fumble recovery Like what were those moments like?
4: It was, you know, a dream come true. Obviously, it was very exciting. You know, I could say endless uh, positive things about it, Uh, but it's funny because I didn't even know I was getting the start until about two, three hours before kickoff. So, you know, you're prepared for a game, but not necessarily prepared to get your first start on Monday night. And, you know, my coach came over and told me, hey, you're getting the start. And it was just so casual, like, Yo, know, you're a professional, like, uh, you better be prepared. And, yeah, you know, when, when the ball's, you know, t kicked off, you better be ready to go. So um, it was very exciting, and I felt very comfortable. And, you know, I think that's just what it's like being a professional, being at that level. You just, you're always prepared. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter who your uh,
0: opponent is, you're going to be ready to go come game time. And I suppose you were, you were probably overprepared. I mean, you still had to fight to make the team. Even though yep. you were a draft pick, yep. you weren't a first-round pick or a second-round pick, so yep. you've always had that chip on your shoulder. So is it safe to say you were, like, over-prepared for those
4: moments? Absolutely. I mean, I never took anything lightly through OTA's training camp. Never saw it as a sure thing that I was going to make the team. and um, It's just one of those things uh, where I think it keeps you going because if um, you want to stay in the league, you want to stay in the league for a long time, you got to humble yourself um, or else you know the league's gonna humble you so um, I always remind myself that um, you're never good enough so uh, it's something that you know I, I came in and to the Minnesota Gophers and had that chip on my shoulder and it's something I want to carry out through my career in the NFL. What
0: was the chemistry like in the locker room I mean did the veteran linebackers did they welcome you with open arms? Yeah our
4: position group I would say is really close um, you know I thought they were very helpful uh, in terms of teaching me the defense and just teaching me how to be a pro, in terms of you know recovery off the field, um, getting the weight room extra days even if it's not required, and you know those are things I didn't expect because going into it, everybody told me you know guys you're you're in there taking their job potentially so they're not going to be helpful at all and it was completely the opposite of that so uh, I was very appreciative of that and I'm appreciative of those guys in the locker room because um, I could definitely see as the season went on not just my position group but the defense and the entire team we became a very close knit group just because um we, you know we had so many things go bad or they were challenging we faced adversity but um, you know as the second half of the year came around you really saw you know our our team, the New York Jets, um, you know, turned things around. And I think that, you know, is very promising um, for when we look ahead into next season.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong. You guys finished six and two the second half of the season. So there is a lot to be optimistic about.
4: Absolutely. And and I tell everybody, I think we have all the pieces, you know, necessary to be fighting for a playoff spot or playing in the playoffs. So um, that's every NFL team's goal. And it's just one of those things that you know you got to come to work, you got to stay healthy, and then execute on Sundays. What's it like playing for Adam Gaze? I love him. You know, he's a guy that has a lot of personality. It's just funny because a lot of people they seem to not see it based off you know an outside perspective and uh, and through the media. But he's a very funny guy. He keeps everything um, you know I think positive and uh, morale up in the building, which I think is great, and you need to have as a head coach and um, you know, I'm I'm glad that, you know, we retained him and we get to uh, see what we
0: can do in year two. What surprised you about whether it was, you know, the locker room or just being a professional athlete? Anything surprised you? I would say the workload. You know, I, I
4: figured um, it'd be a lot of work, but I thought, uh, you know, you know it's, just, it's just football. So I figured, you know, come in the morning, do meetings, practice, and then you just go home and you'd watch film on your iPad. But, you know, our first two days of preparation i mean they were were 10 12 hour work days easily and so that was a big adjustment you know it's something i've never done before um putting that many hours into just one thing and um it was it was great though because you know you're doing a job that you love so you never you never felt unmotivated or um you know Never got exhausted or um, sick of doing it, so it was it was it was
0: adjustment, but it was a good adjustment. What about the bright lights of New York? I mean, I get it—you're out in the suburbs. It's not like you're training right there in Manhattan, yeah. Times Square, but you still have New York a part of your name. You're the New York Jets, mm-hmm. even if you play your home games in New Jersey. It's still New York. What about the the bright lights? Uh, it's awesome. I mean. What a better city to play in! Uh, how big
4: the sports market is, and um, it's it's great for players as well. Um, you know, players are always looking for more opportunity on the on the field, and you know things outside the field too. And New York can provide that. Um, and then our fan base, you know, New Yorkers are are crazy in a good way. So um, you know, they're they're always at the games, no matter what our record was, and <laughs> they're just the loud rowdy group but that's what you want as, as a player and um it keeps you going in games and it's it makes it all that more exciting
0: so on the injury so you start multiple games what was it five or maybe even six games and then it was during a practice getting ready for that next game was a miami and you end up getting hurt in practice
4: yeah so we were preparing for miami and i think that would have been week eight of the season and i mean it was just uh funkiest thing you know that's how injuries sometimes work um but you know we're just going through some drills and um it wasn't like it was anything crazy with you know brutal contact or anything and and I uh you know felt something was wrong with my shoulder but I you know I've had shoulder issues before it wasn't concerning to me and you know I continued to practice hard and then by the end of practice it just felt more and more sore and that's when I went and said something and and then I got looked at and got the bad news, and that was the last thing I wanted to hear, especially as a rookie, your first year in the league, and you're finally starting and playing a lot of snaps. Um, but I'd been there before, and it was something that, you know, it knocked me down, but I can overcome. So
0: um, it wasn't like I was headed, headed into an injury unprepared at all. Was it hard to say something? I mean, you're the rookie. You're starting all these games. You're thinking, I've got this yeah. spot. Was it hard to, I mean, and you know this, right? Like oh. a lot of guys don't say anything, right? It's the nature of sports, especially your sport, where you hold stuff in. You're supposed to th- play through pain. Was it was it hard to approach them and say, I know that something's wrong? Absolutely. I
4: mean, especially as uh, you're getting a lot of snaps, you're starting. You don't want to give up that spot. And, I mean, almost every football player in the NFL is the most competitive person ever. And um, it's your job, too. So, I wanted to be out there. I want to be playing, you know, with my teammates for my teammates and coaches. And I wasn't ready to be sidelined. I didn't want to be sidelined. There's nothing fun about going through uh, an injury and the rehab process because it's just a mental grind more than anything. Um, but it was one of those things that going into it, I, I didn't even expect it to be that serious. So I figured, you know, do a little maintenance work and and get back on the field, and ended up being more than that. Um, but at the same time, you know, I look at it as a, at a blessing. I try to always look at the positive where, um, at least I caught it earlier than later and, um, was able to get it healthy. Uh, and that way I'm 100% by the time training camp comes for year two because that's very important as a young player. Um, you know, to, like I said, to make that jump and to be healthy going into your second year. And, you know, it would have been kind of selfish if I, if I knew it was serious or it was really bugging me and I couldn't play the best of my ability because, um, you know, that would just hurt the team.
0: Where do you need to improve in year two? I mean, whether it's against the run, against the pass, whatever it might be, where where are you looking at and saying, okay, here's where I need to make that jump in year two? Well, the first thing is just continue to grow
4: uh, mentally. I mean, I, it, it's, it's so fun to watch um, guys with a lot of experience. They just see things earlier. They read things. They're able to jump routes. Um, and, you know, it was frustrating for me because, you know, I would try to pick up on, watch them do what they do, you know, but I'd always be a step late or something like that. So um, just continue to grow in that aspect. Uh, and then, um, you know, I want to work on my coverage skills uh, with tight ends because, tight ends in the NFL are no joke you know they they got size but they're athletic and as fast as a receiver so um they're a, they're a handful and um you know I I believe that the Jets want to use me uh in the passing game a lot so uh I gotta I gotta play my strengths and continue to to work to work them.
0: so like in practice going up against you know whether it's Darnold or Le'Veon Bell you know some big names uh, it's it's exciting. They
4: definitely make you better. Uh, and it's just crazy the difference in that gap between college and NFL. And um, you got to grow up as a player real fast because um, you know those guys you know they're on key with everything and um, they'll definitely humble you on on the practice field. You know, I, there's times where I think I can bait Sam into throwing an out route and I'll just be able to jump it and he just slings that thing in there like. 100 miles per hour, and it's the most frustrating thing. But um, you you quickly learn, um, you know, that you can't do those things. But uh, to be around those guys, it's great because you know they have a lot of experience, especially someone like Le'Veon Bell, and they've seen a lot of things, so they can definitely help you um, on the defense side of the ball because they're offense players and they see you know what good and bad defenses do and and, and players individually.
0: There is a such thing as a positive when you went down. I guess you could have focused on the Gophers a little bit more. I mean, you sent us that, that hype video before the the Penn State game. I mean, just think about that November run for the Gophers. How much did you enjoy, I mean, the totality of the Gopher <laughs> season last year, but especially those last few games?
4: Oh, it was so much fun. Um, definitely gave me something to brag about in the locker room. That was probably the best thing about it. But, uh, you know, I was still so close with... Uh, A lot of those guys on the team, um, obviously the coaches as well, so I couldn't be more happy for them. And um, just to see the program, you know, trending in the right way, becoming um, a nationally recognized program is special because I've grown up all my life in Minnesota. I grew up 25 minutes from here, so um, it's fun to see. Won't lie, kind of jealous a little bit, but, um, you know, those are my coaches, my – Home state team, um, and you know my teammates are my brothers, so it's uh, it's one of those things that I was I feel like I was the biggest cheerleader for them.
0: Are you like a resource for you know the Kamal Martins of the world, the Carter Coffins? I mean, I think about the Eden Prairie yeah. connection with with Carter. Even Antoine, I guess, yeah. for a little bit, was in the Eden Prairie football factory until he moved down to Houston like are you a resource for these guys yeah
4: of course I mean I've been in contact with them throughout their training process and i um, getting ready for the combine pro day and then eventually now that the draft um, and I think you know they they're in good company with uh, who they're training with and the coaches they work with as well as their agents and um, they're being prepared well um, but I told them even before they started that process I was like hey like if you ever need um, to talk to somebody about how things work or what kind of questions you might get or how, just how things uh, are operated um, from the pre-draft process you know you know you got my number like you know you can hit me up anytime so um it's been fun to help those guys and i can't wait to see where they uh where they land
0: how'd you go after this i mean this is turning into a little bit of a linebacker factory right i mean like Devondre Campbell's about to cash out as a free agent. He's going to sign a big contract. Mm-hmm. Damian Wilson wins a Super Bowl, right? The Chiefs sign him, and he's a big part of what they accomplished. Yep. You know, like you, you know, Carter may end up at linebacker, Kamal linebacker. Like, think about all those guys just going back, like, four or five years.
4: Oh, absolutely. I mean, putting Minnesota on the on the map for sure. And, um, I, you know, when you come from a school, of course, you want uh, your former teammates and guys that have come through the program to do well. Um, you know, it, it looks it looks good for everybody. And um, also, you know, like you said, Devondre and Damian, they uh, were in the league a little bit before me. So um, I sure as heck haven't been afraid to hit them up, asking them uh, questions. I remember I talked to Devondre before the draft. And then even through this year, I had spoke with Damian a few times. So, um, you know, they're, they're, those are just great guys, great examples uh, who can be a resource as well.
0: Former Gopher, the pride of Eden Prairie. Jets linebacker, Blake Cashman. We wrap up Scoop Podcast episode 288 with my conversation from earlier today with Kerwin Walton of Hopkins. He so badly wanted to play in the state tournament next week. Hopkins is the defending big school champion, but that has been taken away. Here's my conversation with Kerwin Walton. Kerwin, just take us back to this morning when you found out the news that that your season is over. I mean, I was just in my classroom
5: uh, working on things and uh, a tweet was out, and my teammate sent it into our little group chat, and you know everyone got the news and started spreading around. So it was, it was just really unreal. You know, it was hard to believe.
0: I mean, did you almost think though, even though it was hard to believe, that maybe this was going to happen? Just with everything going on with the NCAA tournament and the NBA and the NHL and Major League Baseball and up and down the West Tech the Masters this morning is is postponing things.
5: Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a matter of time. You know, it figured this. It was a really high chance of it happening. But you know, because from what we heard, it, it looked like the plan was that they were just gonna have just like family come out and you know maybe meet like staff members, um, and you know of course player and coaches. But I guess you know since you know the NBA is canceling and all the other leagues are canceling their things, you know we figured you know it's, it's a really high chance they're gonna cancel our stuff. So
0: I mean, was there a party that said, "Gosh, I just wanted to fight this thing all the way through"? That you know, coach mentioned. I mean, you guys got off to a little bit of a slow start, and not shockingly, right? Like a lot of guys weren't. From last year. I mean, you were leading the way, but, you know, getting some new guys in the mix. And, you know, you guys were, you know, in many ways peaking right now heading into next week.
5: Yeah, I mean, we were actually doing real well. I mean, I figured we had a great chance of making it to the start of the tournament. Like, and then, you know, we had a great chance of winning it all. I think, you know, playing the EPs and the park centers and all the big time teams, you know, we came in as underdogs. So, you know, we were really, we really uh, gassed up to play in it. So, you know, it's just really heartbreaking just to see that we can not be able to get that chance.
0: Is it comforting at all that you do have last year's state championship to cling to, that there's a lot of kids that can't say that they want a state championship?
5: Yeah, I mean, it's great and all, but, like, you know, I'm not too... I don't like to dwell too much into the past or anything like that, because, you know, I'm, I like to be in the present a lot, but, you know, it's great to have some under my belt, you know, before I end my high school career, but, you know, I was just... I just thought it would be great to have two, just having two, because you know, not everyone can say they have two. But, you know, this, this is what it is, I guess.
0: Isn't weird? I mean, you just said end of my high school career. Yeah. Has that hit you?
5: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think it has yet. I mean, I I'm mean, I haven't, like, really processed it all the way just yet. But, you know, it's, I just didn't expect it from my
0: last high school game. Are you able to grasp everything that's going on right now? Like, class isn't canceled. Last time I checked, you still have school yet the games are being canceled or postponed. Is it hard to grasp or do you have an understanding of everything that's taking place, not only here in Minnesota, but across the country?
5: Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit unexpected, you know, just the fact that they would have school going and not, no sports going on. Cause you know, usually they would cancel school before they cancel sports. So, you know, it kind of, it did catch everybody off guard. So I don't think anybody was expecting that.
0: If there is any positive, I guess maybe it's a little bit extra time to focus on where you'll be next year. Yeah. Where are you at in that process? I mean now
5: i got a lot, I got plenty of t- plenty more time to think about it, so I guess I'm gonna have to start deciding and making some more decisions and looking harder at these schools so um you know right now i'm i got I'm kinda like narrowing it down a bit, you know, I think I have a great idea of um you know what situations look pretty good to me,
0: yeah, I mean coach had even said that you were getting it down to the final few is that accurate
5: yeah yeah i mean i've I've gotten it down definitely below ten, maybe like trying to condense it a little bit to see if I can get to that five count or not but you know i guess i'm trying to just do some more evaluations
0: i mean who i guess right now is still in the mix yeah i mean minnesota
5: creighton uh arizona you know i talk to texas a lot north carolina and georgetown like those are the schools i probably converse with a lot
0: what about is vanderbilt too yeah yeah
5: vanderbilt i actually uh, talked to coach stackhouse i think last week you know he came into a game you know I, he's probably he's a real good guy to talk to. i really love talking to him
0: I mean, like what are the priorities like you know clearly playing time and you're talented enough. I mean, do you have to think about the NBA, but you also want to think about with, with your education and, and getting a good education.
5: Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, you know, going to the right place and getting you the right education, that sets you up for life. So, you know, because there's always life after basketball. You know, the ball's going to stop bouncing someday. But um, just being able to get into any situation, you know, that's going to make me better is the highest priority for me.
0: And we also look at rosters, too. I mean, some of these schools are going to lose guys. Like you mentioned Minnesota, I think 0 is going to go pro. So, like, do you look at the rosters and say, okay, where do I slot in if this guy goes pro?
5: Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, seeing who I'm going to play with, that's a big, that's also a big concern because, you know, whether it's someone, like, that's going to be at my position, you know, who I'm going to be, where I'm going to be playing, how I'm going to be able to play with him, and, you know, is he a guy that I want to play with, you know, those type of things, you know, those type of things matter a lot to me. So, I I definitely look at that, you know, who's the seniors, who's graduating, who's going to the draft, all
0: that. You've been to a few Gophers games the last few weeks. I mean, I guess... When you've gone, what, what has stood out to you?
5: Yeah, I mean, just the fact that, they, you know, they've, they've been actually winning some games that nobody expected them to. And, you know, is a real fired-up guy. I, you know, I, I think I can play under that type of coach. Um, I think the fact that, you know, people like Marcus Carr has gotten better and Daniel Tour has gotten much better as, as the years goes on. Even Gabe Kelscher, you know, you know, he hasn't been shooting as well as he probably normally would, but I still think he's gotten much better since the last time I played him back in high school.
0: And you could slide in there, I mean, Kalcher's back, Peyton Willis is back, Mashburn Junior's coming in, but there could be minutes there for you?
5: Yeah, for sure. I mean we've I've talked to Patino about, you know, being able to play with guys like Marcus Carr and Gabe Kelcher and all those guys. You know, Daniel might leave for the draft but you know, I think they still they got a solid team around all around.
0: And you would slide in elsewhere too, I mean whether it's Creighton, Arizona, Georgetown, Vanderbilt. Yeah, did i leave anybody off but you'd slide in i mean all those spots look pretty good to you
5: yeah for sure i can definitely because like all those situations i could see you know myself flourishing in there and being able to contribute like you know make a big impact on the team you know these are all situations i believe that i have the best chance of getting better you know becoming a better person and player and i think that i even have a great chance of being you know winning part of a winning program
0: I mean, is there a sense on any timeline? Like, what's today, March 13th? Like, maybe this time next month, April 13th? Or is that too aggressive?
5: Yeah, I mean, I haven't thought of an exact timeline just yet because, you know, the I was well, I was focused more on the season, you know, after, before the unexpected, like, cancel of all the games and stuff. So I guess I'm going to have to decide on all that.
0: Hopkins Sr., the Gophers won him badly. Kerwin Walton, the team to beat in 4A in boys' basketball next week, would have been Eden Prairie. They were supposed to play Shakopee tonight for a section title, but twenty-eight to zero. Four one-thousand-point scorers: Drake Dobbs, what a point guard, and John Henry, and Austin Andrews, and Connor Christensen. What a foursome! That team is so good. They were the favorite to win the four A state championship. It turns out Eden Prairie right now is actually doing a cool ceremony at their high school. They are cutting down the nets. I mean, they've earned it. 28-0. and Eden Prairie played the toughest schedule in the state. They won at Minnehaha Academy. So congratulations on one heck of a run for the Eden Prairie Eagles. All right, we are done. That does it for Scoop Podcast episode 2.